us. You are more than worthy. You are everything to us. You're so incredible that you choose to be in every situation and circumstance we face, to bear the burden, to face the challenge, to help us to become overcomers. We pray today that you would be in this room, fill it with your presence, speak to our minds, speak to our hearts, help us to be convinced that nothing, nothing is beyond your love for us. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Young people, kids camp time. If you want to head out, head on out. The band's going to take a seat. All right. Well, everybody, I hope is still thirsty, right? Even though we got all that snow and water out there. Thanks for coming, braving it, getting here. Uh, We've been in this uh, season of Lent and we've been... uh, talking about being thirsty. And so if you remember going back to our first Sunday in Lent, we talked about just being uh, being thirsty is a good thing because we're thirsty for this incredible life that uh, God wants to bring to us. Uh, then the next week we talked about being thirsty and continually thirsty for God's love, that uh, we can count on that, that God's love is never going to fail us. And it's a constant in our life and we just need to thirst more and more for it. Uh, and then last week we talked about being thirsty uh, for what God wants. Just being thirsty and seeking each time what it is uh, God wants, because whatever He wants is best in our lives. So today we take uh, another step, and it's uh, being thirsty for God's favor. Being thirsty for that goodness uh, that God wants to bring uh, into our lives. To be just actually thirsty, looking for, seeking all the time uh, that action that is God's positive action uh, in our lives, in spite of the circumstance we face. Just looking for, being thirsty for, and seeking that constant favor that God can bring. That's where we start today. We start with understanding and getting a verse that gives us the awareness that that's what God wants to bring into our life, that God wants to bring to us a constant favor. So we'll start with God's constant favor. And the foundation for that favor is in Romans 8, and it uh, comes with a verse uh, from uh, Paul, uh, verse 28. Now, we're going to unpack this verse for a minute. Uh, It says, We know that God is always at work for the good of everyone who loves Him. Is there anybody in the room that loves Him? Yeah, that's when you're supposed to be saying, shaking your head, saying, yeah, yeah, go, yeah. Hoot, holler, whatever it is you need to do, that's okay. Give me an hallelujah. We'll take it once in a while. Um, Yeah, the point is, what? If you're in the room, hopefully, you understand. And if you don't understand at the beginning, hopefully you get it by the end. Not only God's incredible love for you, but the opportunity you have to just love Him back. To just be in love with this incredible God. And Paul makes a promissory statement here saying, if you're one of those people, if you're one of those people that just love God, then there are two things that are going on in your life. Number one is you can know something. Do you see that? It says, we know. It doesn't say we hope. It doesn't say we wish. It doesn't say we guess. It doesn't say we kind of think maybe could be ought to so. It says, what? We know. We know. This is what we know. This, we know this. 
We got this. It's ours. We know this is a foundational, fundamental truth that says, look, I love God, and because I love God, I know this. I absolutely, without a doubt, I know this. I know that God is how often? Always. That's number two in this verse. That God is always... That there is never a moment, there's never a circumstance, there's never an experience. I know this. There is never anything in my life that is beyond God's absolute presence and work. I know that God always is in it. And when God is in it, God is working. I know that God is always at work for the good of everyone who loves him. That verse is so fundamental to us. It says that nothing we face is beyond the work and the activity of God in our life. Nothing is beyond the favor of God's work in our life. Absolutely nothing. And he will never forget us. You ever run into those people where you're, you're talking to them and you, and you, you tell them something that they think is important, a telephone number or an address or something like that, and they reach in, they pull out a pen, they write it on their hand? Do we have any of those people in the room? Yeah, some of you, it's okay. You can admit it. That's all right. I see a few heads bobbing, right? Yeah. You write it, write it on your hand, right? Yeah, ball pen, write it on your hand, right? If you're one of those people, i got a great verse for you. It comes out of Isaiah 49. It says, A picture of your city is drawn on my hand. You are always in my thoughts. Exclamation point. Do you see what he just told you? It says, look, God looks at you and the circumstances in your life, and he wants to make sure he's not missing a moment. He is writing it on his hand. Right? He is writing it on his hand. That there is nothing that goes on in our lives that God's going to miss. There's no challenge. There's no disappointment. There's no struggle. There's no joy. There's no happiness. There is nothing that we're going to walk through that God isn't writing it on His hand and saying, I'm not, I'm not missing that. I'm going to be part of it. And that means there's nothing that is beyond God's favor. Nothing in our lives that He can't be a part of. That means... All the things we face, all the circumstances, all the disappointments, all the problems, all the blessings, whatever it is, God is writing you on His hand. And He says He is really ready to use everything for your good purpose and His good purpose. We get that. Paul follows it up in Romans 8. He says, they are the ones, the ones that love Him, right? They are the ones God has chosen for... His purpose. You see that? So all these situations and circumstances that we experience that God's writing on His hand, Paul is saying, look, God is right there in the middle of it and He's just not there. God is going to work and God is going to work and God is going to work and He's going to work it for your favor according to His purpose. And He he has always known who His chosen ones would be and He has decided to let them become like His own son. That's what he sees your potential to be. He sees us, those who love him, that we can be as incredible as Jesus. 
And he's going to use every circumstance and every situation, and he's going to work and bring his favor into that circumstance so that whatever you face, he will use to grow you more and more like Jesus, according to his purpose for your life. There is nothing that happens that God can't use to grow you into the image of Christ. That means as we're thirsty for God's favor, that we can relish and enjoy that God's favor also means His protection. That the favor of God we thirst for isn't just this general favor. There's some specific things that Paul's going to lay out with questions. And the first one is that favor of God's protection. So we look at what Paul said in that verse first. Nothing is beyond God's favor. Nothing's beyond God's activity and work in our life, right? So then we look at that and we say, well, well what about all those things in life then? What, what's, what's that all about? Why, why do we go through? Why do we experience? What is all that stuff that we have to face? Paul answers it with a question. What can we say about all of this? It's a question we were just asking, right? What can we say about all of this? And then he gives the answer. He says, if God is on our side, can anyone be against us? There's his answer. He's saying, look, you're going to go through all those experiences. God is ready to work in all those experiences. But as you experience them, it's going to be tempting for you to begin to doubt. He's reassuring us here and saying, look, the real question isn't whether you'll have those disappointing experiences or challenging experiences. The real question is, can God handle it? Can God handle the challenges that you're going to face. See, if we only stopped and we only took part of his question, uh, you know, what can we say about this? Well, we can say a lot. <laughs> we can say a lot about what God has to say. We can say a lot about everything that's taking place, and we can come up with all kinds of things in our life that we know we're going to face. We can... Put down on the list, we're going to face disease, disappointment, difficult circumstances. There are all kinds of challenges we're going to face, right? So the question is, well, what's going to come into our life? The question is, is God up to the task? Not are we up to the task, is God up to the task? Second Chronicles 16 says, The Lord is constantly watching everyone and He gives strength to those who faithfully Obey Him. Paul's answer to us is, look, you're going to face a lot of stuff. But God is big enough. God is great enough. He is always watching and He's ready to give you everything you need. He's ready to put His favor into the circumstances that you face. If you love Him. If you're one of those who love Him. Now, notice the distinction. This is not a promise from Scripture that says God is out there working in everybody's life, right? It doesn't say He's out there working in everybody's life just because they were born. This is for those who what? Love Him. Do you see that? For those that are in that relationship with Him. Those are the folks He says, I am ready to be involved in everything that you face. And I am big enough to handle it. Paul looks at us and he makes the question, if God is on our side, can anyone be against us? 
Well, if we just made a list, well, how many things are against us? We could come up with tons of things that would be against us. But that's not the point. The point is not who's against us, but who is for us, right? The key is because we love Him, because He loves us, He is on our side. He is for us. This means the person that created the universe with one word, the person that created every star that you see in the sky and even the ones you can't see, the person that made the smallest particle of dust that makes up the earth, the person that made the whale and the elephant and even the smallest gnat, the person that made every day shine and every moon at night, the person that made the universe and orders all of the days and the deeds of that universe is on your side. Is he big enough? That's what Paul's saying. Is he big enough to handle any of the problems that you're going to face? Paul's answer is, we know. We have God's protection. He's on our side. Okay? If we go there, so comes the next question. If God is on our side, if we have God's protection, then the next step is to understand we also have God's provision. What's the next question? Okay, God's big enough to handle it. Now the next question is, will He? Right? If we can come to a place we all agree and say, God is great, God is good, God is big enough to handle anything that I can face. The next question becomes, is He willing to do it? Is He willing to get involved and do it? Paul's answer is, God did not keep back His own Son, but He gave Him for us. If God did this, won't He freely give us everything else? What's Paul telling you? Listen, if God loved you so much that He would sacrifice the greatest jewel in the heavenly realms, don't you think He's going to give you everything else? If God loved you so much that He would give up His own precious Son for you, do you think any problem or any challenge or any circumstance in your life is beyond His willingness to work in your favor? That's what He's saying. We may look at us and look at ourselves in the mirror and say, well, wait a minute, you tell me the God of the universe is not only able, but He's willing to do that for me? Some of us feel like uh, Charlie Brown. You remember Charlie Brown? There's a great... Uh, uh, dialogue uh, with uh, Charlie Brown and uh, Lucy one time and Lucy's talking to Charlie Brown and uh, Lucy says this sometimes I feel we are not communicating you Charlie Brown are a foul ball in the line drive of life you're often in the shadow of your own goalpost you're a miscue you're three putts on the 18th green you are the 7-10 split in the 10th frame. You have dropped a rod and reel in the lake of life. You are a missed free throw. You are a shanked nine iron, a called third strike, a bug on the windshield of life. Do you understand? Have I made myself clear? Did she? See, and the problem is there's always that part of us that wants to say the same thing. That wants to look at ourselves and say the same thing. 
And God looks at us and says, you are worth dying for. You're worth dying for. You are worth the life of my son. And if we're worth that, don't you think, Paul says, he's ready to get his hands dirty and get in every circumstance you face and work for your good and for your favor. That he's willing to give us the provision of his favor. Jesus uh, calls us to that awareness in Matthew 6. And because of this truth, he, he invites us to change our focus. See, our focus so easily is just on our problems, right? On the foul balls of life. Our focus is so easily on the circumstances that seem so overwhelming. Jesus' advice is this. But more than anything else, more than your problems, more than your challenges, more than your disappointments, more than all that stuff, more than anything else, put God's work first and do what He wants. Where's our focus supposed to be? What God wants. See, if you get your focus on what God wants, Jesus is saying, then all the other things will be yours as well. God is going to put His favor into your life. He's going to get involved in everything that happens in your life. And He's going to work for your good according to His purpose to make you more and more like the incredible person of Jesus Christ. Because He looks at you and says, you are absolutely worth it. Absolutely worth it. That's because God has already made a pronouncement. He has already given us the favor of His pronouncement in our life. It's for us just to be thirsty every day, thirsty under the understanding of that favor of God's pronouncement. Paul says it this way, If God says His chosen ones are acceptable to Him, can anyone bring charges against them? See what he just did? He said, look, if God has made this pronouncement on your life, if God has said, you are absolutely worth dying for, you are the one I've written on my hand and I'll be involved in every part of your life. If God has said that pronouncement, can anybody else say anything that's of any worth or influence? Because they will try. You see, there's voices out there in our world who will constantly try to get us to listen to them, to listen to something else, to run ourselves down, to only look at our problems, to only see the downside. There is always somebody out there who is willing to speak that word to us. You know why? It's because of the book of Revelations. I'll show you in the book of Revelations. It says, Revelations 12, Then I heard a voice from heaven shout, Our God has shown His saving power. His kingdom has come. God's own chosen one has shown His authority. Now look at this verse. You looking? Satan accused our people in the presence of God how often? Day and night. You know what that means? Day and night, night and day. The evil one is trying to run you down. Day and night night and day. Young people in the room, listen really close. Listen really close. There is always going to be somebody in your life who is going to try to convince you 
that you're not worth it. There's always, there's always going to be somebody in your life who's going to criticize you. There's always going to be somebody who's going to try to run you down and gossip about you. There's always going to be somebody who's pointing at all your faults. There's always somebody who's going to belittle you. There's always going to be somebody who is accusing you. There is always going to be somebody who's going to try to get you to listen to that voice that says, you are not worth it. But you know what? What they say doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because God has already said, God has already made the pronouncement, you are worth the life of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you, says about you. It doesn't matter what they say behind your back. It doesn't matter. Because God says before the entire universe... His love for you is so incredible that He looks at you and says, you are worth everything to Him. And that's all that matters. And it's the only voice you ever need to listen to. Do you hear that? It's the only voice you ever need to listen to. Paul wrote to the Colossians. He said, God did this because He wanted you Gentiles to understand His wonderful and glorious mysteries. How many people like to know mysteries? You like to know the answer to mysteries? He's going to give you an answer right here. He says, and the mystery is, here's the answer, and the mystery is that Christ lives in you and He is your hope of sharing in God's glory. Paul is saying, look, it doesn't matter what anybody else says because God looks at you and He sees Jesus Christ in your life. He lives in you. God looks at you and He sees Jesus and says, there's my son. God looks at you and sees everything that you can become beyond your faults, beyond your flaws, beyond your failings. He looks at you and says, that's my child. And I'm ready to get in that person's life and bring favor. Now, if you didn't get it the first time, Paul wants to make sure you get it a second time, okay? So he asks another question. This one is about the favor of God's pardon. Okay, the favor. So if you didn't get the answer to the first question, he's going to make sure you get it. He gives you another one. He says, or can anyone condemn them? No, indeed. Christ died and was raised to life. And now he is at God's right side speaking to him for who? Do you get that? Evil's over here speaking to God, saying, Oh, look at the faults. Oh, look at how they fault. They failed you. Oh, look at their mistakes over here. Jesus is on the right side saying, What? Don't pay attention. Jesus is always there speaking out of every circumstance in our life, speaking for our good. Paul says, If you belong to Christ Jesus, you won't be punished. The Holy Spirit will give you life. The life that comes from Christ Jesus and will set you free from sin and death. There's two uh, grandchildren. They spent the summer out on their uh, grandparents' little farm. And uh, one day the, uh, the grandson got a gift and the gift was a slingshot. And of course when you get a new gift and it's a slingshot, what do you have to do? Got to try it out, Right? So he's got the slingshot, man, he's out on the farm. He goes, he's playing, he's trying to slingshot out. Unfortunately, he chose a target, which was his grandmother's favorite duck. 
He was successful. Slingshot worked. And the duck was killed. Ooh. He took the duck. He picked it up. He hid it in the wood pile. He was devastated. Then when he turned around after all this, he saw that his sister, Sally, had seen everything that had taken place. So they go in the house, and Grandma is there, and Grandma says, Sally, I think it's your turn to do dishes. Sally says, Oh, Johnny would like to do dishes today. And for two weeks, for two weeks, Grandma would say, Sally, wouldn't you like to? Or Sally, could you? Or Sally, I think you should. And Sally would say, Oh, Johnny would like to do that for me. And if Johnny ever wavered, Sally would simply lean over and whisper, Remember the duck. Johnny finally had enough. He went to Grandma. He told Grandma he had killed the duck. Grandma said, Oh, I know that. I was watching from my kitchen window. I have always known that, but I loved you and forgave you already. What happened to Johnny for those two weeks? He decided to live his life under the oppression of Sally's accusing voice when Grandma had already set him free. Don't live under an accusing voice because God's pronouncement, God's pardon is already given so that you can live life. First John says, My children, I'm writing this so that you won't sin. But if you do sin, Jesus Christ always does the right thing and He will speak to the Father for us. Or Hebrews 4. Jesus understands every weakness of ours because He was tempted in every way that we are. But He did not sin. So whenever we are in need, we should come bravely before the throne of our merciful God. There, will be a, there we will be treated with undeserved kindness and we will find help. The pardon is already given. Don't live under the oppression of anybody else's accusing voice. Last one. It is for us to be thirsty then if we know that God is involved in everything. It's for us to be thirsty in our life to look for the favor of God's presence. What this means is when we're going through our lives and we know we're going to face those challenges, when we're in the midst of the challenge, it is to, to know that God is always at work for our good. And if we believe that verse because we're the ones that love Him, then we look for His work. Look for His work. When you're going through the challenge, the experience, the good stuff, whatever it is, look for His work. If you believe the verse is true, look for His work. If He promises He's going to be there, if He says He's going to work, look for His work. Paul says it this way with the last question. Can anything separate us from the love of Christ? Can trouble, suffering, hard times, hunger, nakedness, danger, or death? Good list. Good list that could separate. And yet Paul says, look, don't look at those things. Keep your eyes looking for God's work. He says, in everything we have won more than a victory because of Christ, Christ who loved us. You see, when we face those challenges, we look for God's work of victory. Look at those challenges you face and ask the question, what can God do with it? 
What's the victory that God can bring out of it? See, don't get trapped in the challenge of the experience. Don't get trapped in the accusing voice that only runs you down. Don't get tra- Look for the victory that God can accomplish in whatever you're experiencing. Paul says, I am sure. Kind of like where we started, isn't it? We could substitute it and say, look, I know. <laughs> I know. I know that nothing can separate us from God's love. Not life or death, not angels or spirits, not the present or the future, not powers above or powers below. Nothing, 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 nothing in all of creation can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that means there is nothing in your life beyond God's favor. There is no experience that God is not working in for your good. Get thirsty and look for His work. Get thirsty and look for the victory. Get thirsty and look at what God can do. Let's pray while the band comes up. Father, we come to You today. Keep us thirsty. Keep us thirsty, God. Thirsty to see Your hand in every situation, to to be thirsty, to just drink in the opportunity of Your working for good in our life, no matter what the challenge is that we face. Paul made an incredible list, and it seems so overwhelming. And yet You are greater. There's nothing beyond You. There's nothing that You can't accomplish. Father, this morning, take this simple verse... And make it our words. Take this verse and let us just always remember every single day and every single experience that we know it, we know it, that you're always there. You're always working. And you're doing whatever is right, whatever is good, whatever accomplishes your purpose in our life. Father, keep us confident to look for the victory the victory you've already won in Jesus, the the victory that's already guaranteed in His resurrection to life eternal, the victory that the Holy Spirit brings into our life every new day, the victory that will never fade, the victory that spills into every day. Father, keep us confident because we are simply those who love You more. And silence the voices. Silence the accuser. Silence anything that would draw our vision away from looking at your work and looking for your victory. We ask it through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let's sing. Sing, draw me close. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. Lay it all down again. To hear you say that I'm your friend. You are my 
desire No one else will do Cause nothing else could take the place To feel the warmth of your embrace Help me find a way To bring me back to you You're all I want Draw me close. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. I lay it all down. 